Thank you for listening to Data Science at Home podcast with Francesco Gadaleta. You are about to get cutting edge insights from the people who are reshaping the world of technology with machine learning, data science, and artificial intelligence. It's time for Data Science at Home. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the regular office of Leuven in Belgium. Today, I'm not alone. In fact, I'm uh, with uh, Sandeep Pandya from uh, Everguard.ai. Hi, Sandeep, how are you doing? Hello, uh, Francesco. Thanks for having me on your show. Hi, Sandeep. It's a pleasure to have you here on the show and also to find out a lot more uh, about Everguard.ai. So please, you want to introduce yourself to the followers of Data Science at Home podcast. All right, yeah, thank you. And, and again, it's a pleasure to be with, uh, with your listeners. So I'm Sandeep Pandya. I'm the CEO of Everguard.ai. We're a venture-backed startup headquartered in Southern California. And I personally have been in technology for uh, about 30 years now. So, you know, a pretty long time. And I've seen uh, the arc of many different uh, technologies from high tech to wireless. And uh, in the last several years, uh, it's been five years now that I've been deep into deep learning and computer vision and applied artificial intelligence. Uh, on my second startup now, uh, doing that, and uh, and it's very exciting uh, because uh, the uh, the area itself is very active. And just like I had the chance in my career to see uh, wireless from the early days of Motorola, where I started my career, all the way to to Qualcomm, where I was a vice president, uh, building chipsets for, for smartphones and 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 all of the uh, the chips that went into the iPhones for for so many years. And so. Uh, but but the only reason I bring it up is over the arc of 20 years, I had a chance to see technology evolve in so many fundamental ways and change the world. And I feel like artificial intelligence and data science uh, are on the verge of, of doing exactly that. And so I'm excited to be in that space. Wow, it's uh, it's very fascinating to hear someone who has been indeed into the transitioning period, you know, when when all, you know, 20 years is, is just an infinite amount of time for for tech, right? It is, it is. <laughs> okay, so if you want to summarize Everguard AI in, uh, let's say, 60 seconds, how would you go with that? Yeah, Everguard.ai, um, similar to my, my prior startup, is focused on one thing fundamentally, which is uh, improving worker uh, safety and uh, specifically focus on workers uh, in heavy industries. And so at my prior company, you know, the, the startup, uh, that I had left uh, Qualcomm for uh, myself and a few other executives. It was focused on on building uh, AI cameras and and technology to improve uh, the life of, of truckers, you know, commercial truck drivers. Everguard.ai is focused on uh, workers in all heavy industries, so steel, mining, construction, and really what we're trying to do is use the most innovative and advanced artificial intelligence, sensor fusion, edge compute. Uh, computer vision technologies to basically monitor worker behavior and as a result uh, improve uh, their worker behavior by giving them suggestions on how to function better, but then also monitor their environment for potential hazards and dangers that might you know injure them or even kill them and, and warn them ahead of time so that they can avoid that. So that's really our mission. And so the system that you have described is clearly a uh, an aggregation of uh, methodologies and approaches that work together to provide a particular uh, functionality. And so I assume that the systems that you, you develop involve 
methods from uh, real-time location services, sensor fusion, uh, data collection, computer vision, not to mention uh, specific hardware that eventually would be utilized to provide a particular functionality. So what does Everguard look like? Is it a software? Is it hardware? Is it a combination of the two? So really, uh, Francesco, it's a combination of both. Um, you know, what you find uh, in heavy industries is that uh, the workers are in very, very large plants. You know, some of these uh, using the uh, the American football field uh, reference, you know, several football fields long. Um, and the workers are scattered among heavy machinery. They could be occluded. Uh, lighting could be poor, could be very variable. So it's a very it's a very harsh environment. It could be dusty and so forth. And then there's both gross movements and fine grain movements that you're looking for. Uh, and then the other challenge is that when you want to be in the accident prevention business, not just the accident reporting business, uh, you need to be real time, you know, and that could be a spec that's, let's say, 500 milliseconds or sub one second. And so what I learned is that uh, from my previous experience uh, in my previous startup, I was working with some of the leading auto manufacturers on autonomous vehicle development. And just like we all know that even as a human being, driving is a, is a real-time exercise. All of your senses have to be uh, sharp, you know, your ears, your eyes, um, your, your touch. Everything has to be working actively together uh, and assessing constantly what's going on uh, in and around the vehicle. And then obviously the driver's own condition is very important. And so technologies like sensor fusion and edge compute uh, are very important to the perception problem, the real-time perception problem. So in the factory, right, you could have a worker in the steel factory, you could have a worker next to the blast furnace, which is melting, let's say, eight tons of scrap metal. And the cameras in that area are subject to dust uh, and dirt. Uh, the, the dynamic range of the light is very uh, large. It could go from very dark to when the worker opens the, the blast furnace door and it's brighter than the sun and it saturates the camera sensors. So you realize very quickly that if you're going to be in the business of protecting that worker next to that blast furnace, you actually have to leverage multiple sensor technologies, just like the AV guys. And so in our system, we actually deploy high definition cameras, low light cameras, thermal imaging, uh, LIDAR systems, radar systems, you know, as appropriate. And then we also use this other technology called edge compute, which again, you do an AV design. And it's basically bringing all of the, you know, for those in your community that understand the term GPU, graphics processor unit, uh, it's really the AI processor on which the large matrix calculations are done for supporting the deep learning models, you know, the, the AI neural net models uh, that can take that sensory input and then ultimately reason uh, and, about what's going on and, and do that in hopefully 500 milliseconds or less. And that's the, the power of being at the edge, because if you relied on sending that data all the way up to the cloud, there's no way you could do it in less than 500 milliseconds. How do you deal with training data? I assume that uh, no matter what model you have in, in place, uh, it, this model should see and experience and, and, and eventually be trained on some examples of, uh, uh, let's say, particular situations or situations of danger um, or accidents uh, you know, before predicting um, and uh, detecting uh, that particular scenario, right? Yeah, you know, that's that's actually a wonderful question, and it's fundamental to uh, the advancement of artificial intelligence and, and deep learning. 
which is uh, what they call the generalization problem. You know, you can teach you can teach someone uh, a thing, but if they can't generalize that lesson uh, so that they can apply, you know, their experience to other problems that they haven't encountered before, then the system is of limited value, right? And so the ability to to gather data, to uh, to train on it, and then to generalize so that you can go and solve new scenarios that you haven't experienced before is the essence of, of, of this this field. And the way that it's done now in, in deep learning and neural nets is you need lots and lots of data. And the data has to be from the target environment. So, you know, for us, like in our R&D labs, we might train on a worker wearing a helmet and we detect what we call PPE, you know, personal protective equipment. Uh, we might detect whether that helmet uh, is on the worker or not. And we can do that in our labs with very, very high precision, you know, our accuracy, as they like to call it. But until you actually have video of the person in the steel mill, maybe next to the blast furnace, wearing the helmet, not wearing the helmet, there are, there are chances that your neural nets that you've trained um, are not generalized enough to detect that. So you actually have to go and get data from the field. And one of the benefits for Everguard.ai is one of our strategic investors uh, is a major global steel uh, company. And, uh, and so we actually have access to their facilities we can gather all sorts of video data, uh, other types of data to train our neural net to be very, very precise in the target environment. Thinking about the current situation, I believe that uh, this um, combination of hardware and uh, predictive models at Evergard AI can be used for COVID-19 scenarios, right? So, you know, just about a week and a half ago, we built a whole new feature set uh, in recognition of the challenges of going back to work. So we COVID-19 feature set. And in there, as you mentioned, uh, Francesco, uh, face mask detection has become a key feature in that feature set, the ability to detect skin temperature as the person enters the workplace or enters the cafeteria or enters the break room. Uh, and then social distancing that we actually uh, detect for. And so, yeah, all of these new new behaviors actually have to be monitored to ensure a safe workplace. And, and we've done that. I have an uncomfortable question to ask. <laughs> uh, how do you deal with privacy? Yeah, no, it's, it's not an uncomfortable question at all. It's very pertinent uh, because, um, you know, if you're going to deploy technology that gives the feeling the, uh, to a worker that they're being watched or monitored, uh, look, candidly speaking, really enjoys that feeling. And in my previous company, you know, we were monitoring commercial truck drivers and, and they didn't necessarily appreciate a camera being, uh, you know, in their face all the time. Um, but I think uh, I think part of this is uh, an evolution in thinking. You know, five years ago when I was at the other, there was less um, computer vision out there. It was less familiar. Uh, people people really didn't understand the technology. But in five years, you know, now people have uh, little doorbells, ring doorbells that use a little computer vision sensor to detect that from their, their porch. And so there's a familiarity now. And now you have, you know, smart speakers in people's homes and, and, and so forth. And people know there's some technology behind it that's, that's intelligent and helpful and convenient. So what we have found is that if you can position the technology as a friend of the worker, as pro-worker, uh, that it's monitoring all of their good work and ultimately trying to keep them safe, then you will find that people ultimately embrace this technology. They are becoming more comfortable with it. And as it relates to the privacy aspect, once that sense that, hey, this, this stuff is here to help me, it's, it's here to uh, improve my performance or keep me safe, 
then then generally the, the workers and the company are more comfortable with you capturing that data, knowing that you're only using it for that for that purpose and nothing else. Yeah, well, this is true as long as someone guarantees that this data is used for that particular purpose and only that, right? Yeah, we're very careful about uh, making sure that the company that we work with and the people we work with, they own their personally identifiable data. And the only thing that we care about is really algorithmic data that helps us protect them. The diversity of the subject makes me think that uh, also, you know, this re- this is reflected in the diversity of the team. So I believe that uh, in the team there are members with different backgrounds. No, absolutely. I mean, when you look at our solution, you know, we're an industrial IoT system. We have a cloud uh, component that uh, creates a dashboard that the safety manager or the supervisor can use to to uh, manage his workers. And then fundamentally, we have really, really exotic uh, computer vision uh, uh, and perception technology, sensor fusion technology, which is really like PhD level uh, AI work uh, that needs to be done in software. And so we have a very diverse team of hardware, firmware, uh, cloud, uh, and and AI computer vision parts that we've assembled, um, you know, across, uh, 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 you know, the world really, because we have our offices in the US uh, we have a team in India, and then we actually have a team in Ukraine, in Kiev, uh, as well. And so we're a diverse team, uh, but 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 led by a very very senior uh, CTO. So this gentleman, uh, our CTO, has 35 years in imaging and and computer vision, which is you know more than a whole bunch of people put together if you think about it. In fact, he's he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for having run the first uh, deep neural nets on a supercomputer. Uh, in the world. And so this is someone that uh, that's really been in the field a very long time. What's the vision of the team at Evergard AI? Yeah, the team's vision, you know, being a highly technical team, a very experienced product team, I think they get very excited about just building uh, the most innovative pioneering technology the world has ever seen. And the fact that, you know, it can help people, it can keep people safe, uh, just gives even greater motivation. But, you know, these are these are hardcore technologists, hardcore AI researchers, and, and they love what they do, and they really want to push the field uh, to its very edge. Um, for me, you know, I am also a technologist, but for me, it's the larger vision of trying to bring something into the world uh, that will make workers safe, that allows them to come into work, do their very, very difficult job, sometimes undervalued, and then go home safe to their families. You know, so for me, it's a more personal uh, thing about uh, about doing what we can uh, uh, for the public good. That's wonderful. Is there a commercial release? Yeah, we actually announced our, our first commercial release about four weeks ago. So our product is commercial. Uh, we've uh, only been in business, you know, for about, uh, about seven months. Uh, but we were excited that we've uh, released our first commercial release for the steel industry. Uh, but it's it's generally applicable. And then we just released our COVID-19 safety feature set uh, about a week and a half ago. So, yes, we are commercial. And so if you guys are hiring, for sure, you can take advantage of the amazing community of data science at home. I believe there is a, a very talented pool of uh, data scientists and practitioners. You know, we are. We're Like I said, we have uh, three different centers of research, uh, you know, and, and we're hiring in all locations. And uh, we're always looking for for talented uh, uh, and aggressive uh, data scientists. Sandeep, it was great to have you here on the show and uh, to hear what your company is working on. And uh, we really appreciate the fact that your company is uh, 
definitely providing services and systems for uh, the security of human beings, which is a great vision and uh, a great objective. Thank you very much for being here. It was my pleasure, Francesco, and thank you to your listeners as well. You've been listening to Data Science at Home Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.